and welcome to the Spillero Podcast. Tom Steve Packnick and joining me as always. He's releasing his own volume three mixtape. It's Gabe Acevedo. My trilogy of mixtapes is here. I'm famous. Is that what it took? The only three? Only three. Available on iTunes. What was your mixtape like system like? Did you did you make mix CDs? Were you a big mix CD guy? I used to, yeah. I would go to like um remember going to like sam's club or whatever buying the stack of like what 100 cds yeah and then the boxes of the sleeves to put them in did you distribute them to people i would give them as to friends it was a whole thing in puerto rico on valentine's day you would like a love mixtape for like your valentine um yeah and i remember having a laptop my first laptop and being mad because i would burn them on my bed and i'd be moving and some songs would not we like burn or just skip and then i have to put it on the table so it won't move and then get it it, it was a mess but it mixtapes were the best if you're a 2000s kid mixtapes were your thing yeah definitely uh i think i've i made i think i tried to make one mixtape on cassette i think i had one on cassette but then everything on else was cassette? definitely i had one on i had a mixtape and then everything else was mixed cds yeah i had one on cassette i don't remember um how many i've made total like of my own mixtapes or mix CDs I've made. I don't remember, but I, I definitely remember some of the songs on it. Did you ever have like the random weird song on there? Yes. Like I had this mix CD of like a bunch of stuff. And then I had like Kung Fu fighting in the middle of it for some reason. <laughs> you or... know what song I remember I had in mind? Um, oh my God. The gra- ground, ground, not groundhog, whatever. Um, You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. That one. Oh Yeah. Yeah, but I, oh, I, I forgot the name of this band artist right yeah. now off the top of my head, and it, but yeah, I feel really terrible for forgetting it. Um, I had that in a lot of them. Yeah, I feel really bad. I should know that. I should know that. And I'm trying to think right now. And Bloodhound Gang. That's it. Bloodhound Gang. Bloodhound yeah. Gang. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. The... Yep. Forgot about that one. I had Michelle Branch on one of them. Of course you did. <laughs> because why not? Yeah. I think I had SpongeBob SquarePants theme song in Spanish. On one of them. In Spanish. Estandes los chicos. <laughs> Dude, that's... Wow. No wow. los escuchos. That's all I remember. Wow. That's, that's the extent of my Spanish right there. Uh, you and I would have been <laughs> such great friends in our youth. <laughs> we would have been. We would have been. We would have been. We still, pretty good been yeah, we still would have been very good friends when we were younger. Not just the in fun- our adult lives. The funny thing is, one of my mix CDs, I'm just remembering now, had a, a scratch in the middle of one of the songs. So when I ripped it to put it on my iTunes and put it into my on my iPad, the song had the scratch in it. So it always skipped at this one spot. So I never really knew what the song really sounded like. So when I heard it for the first time without it, it really freaked me out because I'm like, that's not how the song goes. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's it. That's how it's supposed to go. So, yeah. Interesting. Good times. Today we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That's why we're talking about this. We're talking about mixed CDs. We know that songs and music all go into it. So we have we're talking about our own things. There's a lot to talk about. It's actually, you know what's relieving? What? That this is a good movie. This is a good Marvel movie. How much how good does it feel to have that to be able to say that? It is right at the top. It's been a while and it feels so nice and refreshing that we're finally not gonna blast a Marvel movie in this episode yeah. in the show. Finally, it's been a long time coming. It's it's been a long time. I mean, we'll just get that right out of the way so that people know that we're not going to just come in and rip back into this. Uh, this is really the the 
the guardians of the MCU. James Gunn did it. He, he's <laughs> successful. We're, we're good. But before we get into all of that, do, let's talk about some other exciting things that happened. Uh, we did get a trailer for a movie that I didn't expect to have a trailer for. And I forgot that it's actually happening. And I, I just like was watching random trailers and it caught me by surprise because <laughs> we got a trailer for like, there was this trailer and there was like evolution of beasts, right? Eating different things in the beginning of the trailer. And a T-Rex comes out and like starts eating all these monsters. And then the Meg comes out and the Meg is back. We got Meg to the trench, which is coming out this summer. Um, The first Meg caught me by surprise at how ridiculous and over the top it was. And it was also exactly what we wanted. And then this trailer, this trailer just takes exactly what we loved about the Meg and how ridiculous it was and just leans into it. They're like, this is this is sharknado with a budget yeah that's what this is that's what and is. <laughs> what did you think of the trailer oh i loved it i'm here for it if they know exactly what they're making a what was it that i told you before we started a sci-fi channel with a budget movie yeah. uh i mean the movie starts off with a t-rex getting eaten by a giant shark yeah. what else as as soon as the trailer opens with that you know exactly what this movie's gonna be we get to see a lot of, of weird, gigantic creatures. Um, Jason Statham is back. I think the entire cast that survived from the original or most of them are coming back for this movie. Um, I'm they, here reference, for they reference the old movie. They talk about how ridiculous it is. Yep. It looks so silly. You know, it looks like one of those classic like monster kill movies. That's mm-hmm. like a joke. You know, like there's a scene when two like overweight people in a paddle boat are you know trying to paddle back from the meg that's coming to get them and like you know they're just going to get eaten i think there's an influencer who gets eaten in this like it's perfect yeah. like in the trailer so we know it's going to be absolutely ridiculous and you have jason and- statham in a scene in the water literally fighting a giant meg with his feet he's like kicking a giant meg with his feet i'm like what yeah. is going on amazing i'm 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 excited i also love the first one it's a comfort movie for me I yeah. have it. I bought it, and now it's on Hulu, and I watch it constantly because it's just such a ridiculous comfort movie for me. Um, so I'm excited for the second one. I love that they're uh, the like some of the taglines on it are like he's back for seconds. <laughs> like it's so stupid. I love it because they know exactly what they're doing, and the first one was exactly. a huge surprise. It, I think it made like half a billion dollars, maybe like five hundred million dollars. Nobody was expecting it. I hope this makes a lot of money. I hope people go see it. Yeah, I think it looks ridiculous. It looks silly. It looks fun. And it's an August release. So it's just going to be one of those end of summer things that might plant pan over into the school, the new school year when that comes back and like yep. people will be talking about it. I think it'll be a fun movie. <laughs> it looks so stupid. I'm going to watch but, it. Yeah, I'll definitely. It's definitely going to be one to check out in theaters. Um, the other trailer that we got was the full trailer for Oppenheimer. This was a, a big, big deal of the full trailer of this. What did you what did you think of this? um i love the trailer love 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 the trailer Cillian murphy looks amazing in this movie yeah. um it looks really good i love the edit of the trailer um especially the hints at the explosions um yeah i think i i mean i've been on board to watch this movie since the very first trailer dropped the first teaser um now this is what the third trailer but like the, i think it's the third teaser the third it's a tra- it's the first full trailer that we had two teasers kind of before this but yeah it's the it's the third one yeah um 
yeah i like it i like it i really i'm excited for this movie i've been on board for this movie since the beginning so yeah i mean i'm i'm i was gonna be on board with it no matter what because it's a christopher nolan film and i've seen every single thing he's made um including his one thing he made in like film school i think so i've (laughs) i've been a big i've been a big fan of his obviously and you know, I, I really love Killian Murphy. He's really going for it in this. We get we're getting a lot more Matt Damon than I thought we would. I didn't know we were gonna get that much yeah. Matt Damon, it seems like. And it just seems like a fun story. I mean, it's gonna be visually appealing. You you know the one thing the Oscars is basically gonna be a battle between this and Dune for all the awards. And for sound, I don't know which one's gonna win because like both of these, the trailers have incredible sound, you know, like it's it's really going to be an impressive thing to see which one walks away with it. Um, but it, it really it really is impressive. There's so mm. many things about it that I was I was liking. It tells us a little bit more about what it is, the actual process and the getting people together and you know trying to convince them to abandon all their hopes for a project that they don't know anything about, and then the ramifications of like what comes next after it, and you know probably the regret that Oppenheimer had after just building the bomb, you know, the regret that, you know, brilliant people usually have after they create stuff that changes the world. You know, it's going to be really interesting. Killian Murphy's a terrific actor. He's going to do well in this. And then it's loaded with cast members. I mean, Emily Blunt, uh, Robert Downey Jr. shows up in this for a second. Yeah. It's, I don't even know. I don't know where the part is, but it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, It's, it's all of Hollywood is in this movie. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with this. See if uh, Christopher Nolan can finally write a, a a woman right. You know, it usually doesn't happen. If you watch his movies, wow. he's not he's not really good at writing women. I mean, no, he's not. It's that's true. He's not. He's not. It's the truth. I mean, I'm yeah. not trying to be rude. He's just not. We no, know this. Just yeah, but I'm excited. I know. You know. You know what? Visually, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um Where where I personally think he struggles sometimes is writing a yeah. little bit. So I'm uh, I'm interested to see what he does. Um, is this is his first quote unquote biopic? I think so. It'll be yeah, it's definitely a first like biopic. But like he's done yeah. other period pieces. He's done yeah. two other period pieces at least with the Prestige and um. Dunkirk, this looks very so. Prestige. I this trailer made it look very that era of Nolan, which makes me really excited. Yeah, a little bit smaller, uh, except for the fact that they literally blow up a bomb that's supposed to replicate an atomic bomb within the movie. They are actually blowing up a real bomb to make it look like yep. an atomic bomb. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll be good. I feel like you had to release it on the back of that Dune 2 trailer because not that Dune Part 2 trailer still. Still. Insane. It's still getting me. It's yep. getting amped up. I'm so excited. So good. <laughs> so we got we got to, uh, some good summer stuff. I mean, there's going to be so much more fun stuff in the summer. So we'll get excited for that. So do you want to talk volume three? Let's do it. Absolutely. So this is obviously the third Guardians of the Galaxy film that we've had. What has been your relationship with the Guardians films over the past nine years and the Guardians in general? What's been your relationship kind of? Um, I used to be a big comic book reader. I never read the Guardians comic books, but I kind of knew who they were. Um, and then 2014, the first movie came out. Yeah. Um, and I love them. I love the Guardians. I I honestly I love the first one. I love the second movie. Um, second movie is my favorite. We can get that at, later on. Um, I I think they're great. I think it made a huge star out of Chris Pratt that nobody knew unless you were a fan of Parks and Rec, where he just played you know the the this little funny sidekick. Um, yeah, and I loved it. I I thought it, I think they're they're great characters. They're great movies. They're definitely some of the best movies for Marvel for me. 
Um, and I was excited to see how they were going to end it, um, or at least end this version of Guardians. As of now, this is the end of Guardians of the Galaxy in Marvel. Um, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I love both movies. I kind of knew who they were from the comic books, and I was really excited to see what they did with this one. Yeah, I had no idea who these characters were. I mean, I've I've just been a passive fan of you know comics for a while and comic book characters and superheroes, so I never really knew anything about them. And I don't know, most people didn't, you know. And it's such a weird, totally random out there group of characters for for Marvel at the time. You know, you have to understand and remember that like before this, the most out there character that we had was Thor. He was the only space <laughs> character we had. Yeah. So they went from Doctor Strange, which came out before this and pivoted to um, no, not sorry, not Doctor Strange before this. The last one was Captain America was the Captain one America. before this yeah. Winter Soldier. And they went to this and it was such a strange like story of like, you know, intergalactic species mm. and stuff. And it totally worked. The first one was great. It was a really big breakout with all this world building and expansiveness. And, you know, they took a big risk with that, you know, and James Gunn at the head of that and, and everything. And mm -hmm. over the last nine years, he's always been there with, with the guardians. And, you know, he made the movie in 2017 uh, for volume two, and then they continued throughout everything. And from what I, what I've, what I've read up on and heard mm -hmm. about, um, What's really fascinating is even in all of the different movies in which the Guardians have appeared, there have been, you know, obviously different writers for all those different movies because they've been in a couple of other movies like the the Avengers movies and even in Thor Love and Thunder. But even in all of those movies, James Gunn still wrote all of the dialogue for the Guardians in all of them, which I think is really interesting. He's been this through line for all of it. And they, they've become a really reliable source here and one that's been quite interesting. And you're right. They did. It did make the star out of Chris Pratt. He he rose from you know Andy Dwyer in in um in Parks and Recreation that the you know dopey guy to being like front and center and made him the, a movie star, you know because he did this and he did Jurassic World and he was yep. like this then he was everywhere and now he's still everywhere and it's we're getting a little bit of Pratt fatigue. Although I think his latest press tour with this has helped revive him a tiny bit. A but tiny I think, bit. I think I think it's coming back a little bit. Uh, but. We, 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 I think we got a bit ratted out, I would say, <laughs> but although among all that though, we did have a bit of, you know, this, this pressure and everything like that and, uh, building till today, because, you know, coming into this movie, there was a lot of angst. There was, you know, a lot of pressure because all of this stuff, the chaos that Marvel was under with, you know, Disney firing their head of studio, the head of the company. Um, all this other chaos that's going on around the scenes with, you know, the, the lackluster results, the mixed reviews of all the Marvel stuff, all of this stuff. Plus, you know, we had some issues surrounding the, you know, the making of this film itself. How much pressure was there on this movie, considering the last three movies have been complete duds? What how much pressure do you think there was on this movie? I think they were under a lot of pressure. Um, for this film to succeed and be good, especially um, Marvel hasn't had the best track record since Endgame, at least in the movie side. Um, so there was a lot of, oh, how are they going to end this trilogy, right? Because we know it's the last one, at least for now, for Guardians. How are they going to end this? What will this mean for Marvel in the big picture? So there was a lot of expectations, especially because Gunn hasn't missed with one or two 
I know two is a little divisive for some people, but I don't think anybody has said that two is two is bad. Um, so he hasn't really missed with the prior two. So we were waiting on pins and needles to see if this movie actually was going to be good. And could this be the movie that revived, quote unquote, revived Marvel? Well, we've been hoping for that with all of them. But yeah, there was quite a few, uh, a lot of pressure for this one. I mean, I, I totally agree. I think the the big thing with the last few films, you know, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which just did not work and was pretty bad. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which people were like, what are we doing here? Like, what's the point of this? Like, there's so many other characters that we don't care about now, or are we supposed to care about them now for to set up a TV show that may or may not happen? Um, Thor Love and Thunder was a, a joke, except it wasn't funny in the end. Um <laughs> Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness was just madness and was not good. Um, so like we haven't had a good one in in like over a year, you know, I mean, No Way Home is really the last movie that I really enjoyed, but that's not even really I don't really consider Spider-Man movies really within the MCU entirely. So those don't really count for me. But this this there was a huge amount of pressure because people were getting worn out. People were worried. There's this huge anxiety around it about like are these gonna suck and um yeah then then the movie started and within 15 minutes i was like i'm in good hands i'm i feel safe yeah. did, you, did you feel that like real quick yeah i in, in the opening as soon as the title card hit after the opening i'm like okay this is okay we're good we're good there was just something about it that i'm like yeah it'll be good this won't be bad I mean, what's so funny about this, and it was good. It was good. We we both enjoyed it. They, he delivered. What I he think did. is so, what's I think so much ridiculous. I, you you got to talk about how ridiculous this is. I mean, James Gunn was fired by Disney for tweets he made 15 years ago or something like that. Yeah. And then everybody's like, that's not who he is. That's, that's you know, 15 years ago. And he's fired from Disney. Makes a great movie for DC, you know, and the Suicide Squad, which was very enjoyable. We both talked about how much we liked great it. Great movie. Great movie. Then he's rehired by Disney, makes a makes this film, right? Makes volume three. And then before it even comes out, he signs and gets an executive job at DC where he runs all of DC. And he agrees to direct the next Superman movie mm -hmm. all before this movie comes out. How ridiculous is this? Writers cannot come up with this. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, writers. I know you're on strike right now, but you can't come up with this. <laughs> this is real life because <laughs> it was insane. Because I remember when they fired him for when he was like doing stand up or whatever. And he posted some of some, you know, there were dumb jokes. Yeah. And, you know, we can we, we we can argue if they were right or wrong. But that was the time. And then the entire cast was like, well, we're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. If it's not kind of like Batista, um, Saldana, Pratt, um, all of them were like, we're not coming back we're done they're not doing this without gun and then all of this happens i mean no movie can no writer can do this real life is ridiculous you see this in a movie this in a plot as a plot in a movie and we'll be like this is so ridiculous this is unbelievable and i'm like no it happens in real life yeah and it's it's so it's so insane and it but it also shows the power of what he has i mean gun is a terrific director i mean yes he was successful in this his writing his passion for it is really good i mean one of the things you can look at from the past few movies, I mean, we've had legacy films now with, with legacy characters of Doctor Strange. We've had mm. Thor, you know, we had Black Panther movie, um, although that's not the same thing because of, you know, on you know, the situation circumstances. Yes. Yeah. 
but um even ant-man you know that's the third ant-man movie so we've had he's a legacy character um and th they didn't really work they're, they're genre directors you know we had sam raimi we had taika waititi and, and, they, and they just didn't work they, they weren't good they they fell apart they they just did not work out why why do you think this movie worked out where those movies didn't um do you just gun what knew what he was doing just i think gun understands these characters he's been with this franchise since the beginning he's worked with these characters outside of this franchise um and he just they allowed him to tell the story that he always wanted to tell which i'm really happy for that they didn't censor him or hold him back and like this is the story that i want to do and they let him and i think he really just understands these characters and he had a plan you can tell when you see all three movies he had a plan since the beginning it's clearly put on paper that this is the plan that he had um and that never changed there's actually retcon and we can get into this later but there's actually some retcon in this movie uh, from the past 10 years of Marvel. Um, or at least I saw it that way. Um, so yeah, he just knew what he was doing. And I think I think one of the other things is he had a he had a lot of leverage in this. And I feel like mm. they wanted to just give him this sort of control that he needed for it. I mean, I think that's where Taika might have had too much power and then it got to his head and then yeah. it got a little bit crazy because it made it too jokey and and then Raimi him... Raimi was the other side because he wanted yeah. to go full on horror and full on dark and they held him back and they, they they just pulled the rope on that and i think i think the problem that ended up happening is the directors they they say they empower directors but i think the directors got overruled by feige and this mission about where they were going but then yeah. halfway through the last phase they didn't know where they were going nobody knew where they were going so they just were like crap and they had to just get the movies out there mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. This seems like the only movie that actually had a direction. And also the thing about this movie I really like is it's not connected to anything else. That's the thing about the Guardians that has always been good. They're not connected to other characters. They're not connected to other stories. These movies are all standalone movies. You look mm -hmm. at the first one, it's very much a standalone movie, completely separate from anything happening on Earth because they don't even go to Earth. They're, they're in Earth for the first five minutes of the movie. And then after that, there's they're never back there. And same way the Actually, second one. They're the on Earth for one. the first five minutes and that's it. Yeah. And then even in even in uh in this one, they're on Earth for what uh, three, 30 three seconds, minutes? 30 second uh stinger at the end. Uh yeah, and that's it. That's and, it. Like yeah. I mean it's you know, so like it's not connected to anything else. And I think that helps them establish something completely different from everything else. We don't have to care about other characters that are popping in. There's no other characters from other franchises who are coming in here. Mm -hmm. We don't have to worry about all of that. And you're right. I think Gunn has figured out the language of these characters. That's why we're not sick of them yet. You know, we've been with them through, I think they've appeared in eight different movies mm. across the spectrum. If you look at everything from their three standalone movies, the two Avengers movies, plus uh, I believe they're in, um, you know, Thor, Love and Thunder, and they, they show up occasionally in, in different things. And like whether you count uh, the Christmas special or, or whatever they're they're just they're popping through for a bunch of different things and we're not sick of them we they, they still work for us and i think that's one thing that you were mentioning where i think gun does know these characters so well and can play on them and he's got the voice for it too what what else do you think he did or you know these characters do that makes them not you know get worn out he lets the actors play to their strengths I am not a huge fan of, for example, Chris Pratt as a person. 
but the guy is really good. He's a really yeah. good actor. He's great comedic timing. Um, the voice acting in Bradley Cooper, he's fantastic. Um, I think Zoe Saldana is great. I think Gillian is great. I think he just lets Batista. Batista's fantastic yeah. as Drax. And I yeah. think he he created um he created family, <laughs> La Familia in Guardians. Um to the point that they were going to leave when they fired him and they were not coming back. And now, from what I understand, most of them, if not all, we'll talk about credit scenes later, um, are done with these characters, right? They're openly saying, you know, I love this character. Please use them. Keep using them. But I'm done. Um, and I think that makes a difference. And when you have a director that lets you as an actor just this is your strength and lean into that, I think it just serves the story and the movies better. So I think that's another strength that Gunn has had in creating this franchise very successful. Yeah, I think he has a really good uh, cast here, you know, for sure. Like you mentioned, Batista is perfectly cast and this is comedic persona is good and it's evolved throughout the, the series, mm -hmm. you know, uh, especially what really helps was in the second movie when they when they bring in Mantis played by um, I'm, I'm just going to try to pronounce her name correctly. I know it's Palm. Uh, I think it's like Clementafe, I'm guessing I'm guessing that's how you'd pronounce it. Sure. I'm sorry to palm out there. Uh, but she's fantastic and her her and Drax's relationship, Mantis and Drax as a relationship is really good. Because, mm -hmm. you know, they're they're both one is super powerful and one is super dim. You know, he's super he's powerful and dim, and the other one is smart but not powerful. And that's really like, you know, something I really like the balance there, which is great. I mean, Michael Rooker is a Rooker is a great adding here in the beginning, you know, with okay. Yondu, what a great character. He plays it so menacingly. And then Sean Gunn, you know, is, is really great too, as as another adding adding character. And again, you add in Karen Gillian in the second movie, really as a as a major role, and her character evolves over time. And the, the character growth that they have is is really fascinating, where you know, even Star Lord evolves from being who he is in the beginning, but he still maintains some of the silliness and kookiness mm -hmm. throughout it. And then it's really funny that in the last film, this most recent one, Rocket is the main character, really. He's one of the main characters because we see a lot of more of his backstory. We see all of this. And I think that really works for these characters. And he he's able to space it out and really balance it quite well in a way that that works. And the jokes don't get old. They and it, it stays fresh. He's somehow able to keep it fresh because that's what good filmmakers can do. You know, I think that's that's one of the things that I think is, is really well done here and what what do you think of um the the idea of the the plot for this because the story here is is quite different from other marvel movies and i think for me it was one thing that i connect with more but the plot seems a lot more like localized in a way mm -hmm. you know the the story is about saving rocket's life you know there's an attack at the beginning rocket gets injured and they need to save his life and then they go through a series of like you know, MacGuffins to get to basically to saving yeah. him. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, in the end, I mean, spoiler, I guess, but like, <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they, they go through that, but um, like, what do you, what do you think of that as opposed to like anything else? I, I love the story. I think it served that the fact that it's a smaller quote unquote, smaller <laughs> in a space movie story. I think it's, great it steps they're stepping away from this big you know connecting thread that you've said that this movie stand alone um that the story was fantastic he says it in one of the lines of the movie like this story has always been about you 
Um, if you watch the movies now consecutively, I can't wait for the third one to be out so I can watch all three of them like in a day. Um, I think you can see that Rocket is probably the main character of Guardians. You can make that argument. I think the story was great. I think um, it served really well to what's what was Guardians all along, which was creating, you know, choosing your own family. Um, it gave us, for me, one of the best villains that Marvel has ever had. I think the villain in this movie was fantastic. Um, and yeah, I think the story was great. I mean, I cried, I cheered, I screamed, I laughed, and I left the movie theater smiling. So I haven't done all of those in a Marvel movie in a long time. I usually leave crying and not in a good way. <laughs> I just leave like disappointed. Um, but this one, this one, you're right. It did have all the emotions. You're you're cheering. You're excited. There's a. Oh, I I don't want to. I I don't want to even touch. Like talk a, a touch on ruining the moment. But there's a very emotional scene, like a very one that caught me off guard. And I I don't want to get into it because I want it to be pure for people who see it for the first time. But man, it it really caught me off guard when that when it happened. I got really emotional during. It was it was a great, well crafted scene. The they build up characters so well in this story, and what and without telling care. me what scene is it? Like, a, give I, me I, a hint. I, I don't want to give you any hints, but there's okay. it's it's the it's the scene when my my jaw dropped because I was so surprised at okay. what happened. Um, because of the emotionality surrounding the moment, it, it changed really interestingly. Um, yeah, uh, but I think like overall, the story is really really good and develops in a, in a really fun way, and it um. There's so many different elements within it that I think just coalesce in such a fun way. And it is smaller stakes. The world's not ending. We're just trying to save our friend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the world, it's not the universe. It's yeah, just we're just us. It's trying to save one person. We're not trying to save the world from uh, you know, everything. We're really just they don't care about everything else. There's actually a planet in this that gets completely destroyed and everybody dies. And it's pretty yeah. brutal. Yep. But we don't care about any of those characters. And that's this fine. Is the, this is the dark, the darkest MCU. This would be the darkest it, MCU it movie, is. right? It is pretty dark. It's it's a lot more violent, you know, yeah. than I than it is. The violence is ramped up. It's there's like people getting shot again. You know, they did this when that when Paramount had them before Disney took over mm-hmm. after uh after Avengers. Um, because I think they bought them in in, in 2010, right? Right after Avengers, right? Yeah, around, like right, right, no, right 2000, around that 2012. Time. 2012. Yeah, so that's when they bought it. But before that, like it was more violent then. I think they, they were shooting people and stuff like that happened mm-hmm. in those, those movies. But then this one, ever since then, they just like start shooting people with like, um, like shocking things where people get shocked. You yeah. Know, like that they switch over to like the cliche, like where people just get like shocked instead or of paralyzed like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That type of thing. But in this, someone gets shot. Like there's a scene when a woman just gets shot in the leg, like completely unceremoniously. Like, and you're like, wow, this is like, this is a little bit more violent. And, there's more blood in this and, and you know there's some of that like body horror type situation yeah. you know <clears throat> that you see and and after even drop- fif- and after 15 years they finally used the PG13 and they gave us the first F bomb yeah. in a Marvel movie I was waiting for it at some point and it it, wor- it worked perfectly in that scene oh, it, was it worked great. perfectly in that scene. it's funny it was just funny it was great it was great uh, and I I've heard uh throughout like interviews and everybody cuz all, all everybody's gone on late night and stuff and they're, they're talking about like, yeah, I tried to slip it in for like years. Like everybody wanted to have it in their movie. And like, this is like the perfect movie to have it in too, you know, but like 
everybody tried to slip one in like everybody and i mean this is the perfect group of characters of marvel if somebody's gonna say it it's them. yeah yeah it would be a really good moment i mean i'm just trying to think of like when else could you have had it like you know just to be kind of funny yeah that would be cool to see where what movie will we plant that f word before yeah it'd be it'd be really funny but it was i thought it really worked did it did that stand out to you did you notice that during the movie like how it was totally different and there was more violence and there's animal abuse is a big theme within this so like yeah, yeah did oh, you did absolutely since the beginning as soon as um you know the the opening scene when whatever happens to rocket happens to rocket um i'm like oh we're going there um so yeah it was clearly evident that this was going to be very different from even the first two and more even more so than most of marvel movies um which i was really excited it had me really excited to see where they were going and then we go into these um flashbacks and rocket story where they go in they go yeah. in we see like you know there's there is a lot you well you said it there's a lot of um things that have to do with animals and and they go in and it's really heartbreaking if you're an animal lover get ready to like tear up a lot yes yeah. it it's it's a little bit like disturbing for some like if you're a really mm -hmm. young kid this isn't as inviting as like other movies mm -hmm. it's not as inviting you know so like even some of the stuff when they you know transform animals into the supposed monsters later on like that that becomes a little bit scarier uh for yeah. if you're like a little kid so it's not as friendly and you know what that's okay like i think that's a good thing we need to remember that these aren't just these aren't movies for kids they're movies for teenagers and adults Yes. And we've abandoned those audiences for making sure that like 12 year olds can enjoy it. Agreed. Agreed. But I think it was a great decision to make it that dark. I would say so too. Um, Now, one of the things you can't talk about a Guardians movie without talking about the soundtrack. The first one had the first soundtrack of all previously recorded music to hit number one. It was the number one soundtrack on not soundtrack, but number one album on the Billboard Hot 100, which is pretty amazing. Um, it was the top selling soundtrack for a long time. It's one of the best selling soundtracks of all time. The second one had jams throughout that were really fun, you know, for sure. Um, and then with this one, we had, you know, if you remember, he gets a Zune at some point. Do you remember yep. Zunes? Did you have a Zune? I never had a Zune. No, I didn't have a Zune either. No, I, I definitely like it. I was like, oh, yeah, when Microsoft releases their version of the iPod, it's going to be a game changer. It wasn't. It uh, was that's not the Zune. Um, but then they added with the Zune, they added in more like 90s and 2000s music. How important is the music to this franchise and how effective was it in the in in this movie? I honestly think the music makes or breaks these movies. And that was set up since the beginning. I think music is a huge part of this. This is the, the series of within Marvel that is pop culture knowledgeable. Um, and I think the music is huge. I think the the previous two set up the ground for like we need great soundtracks, and this ends with great soundtrack and it ends i mean if you haven't seen it, i won't spoil it but it ends with a great music scene which is yeah. fantastic so music is really integral to this james gunn tells you you can tell that he is a music lover like yeah. i i yeah, like the the choices of his songs where they're placed in the film um opening up i think he opens this movie with creep from radiohead yeah. um and it yeah. is outstanding standing um so he is very he's smart and knowledgeable about the use of music which i assume is something that you can appreciate because you're definitely more of a music person than i am yeah so well the thing I, the thing i loved about it too was the 
the beginning of the movie as well, the, the important thing to note about the fact that it opens with Creep, which is very different from every other Marvel movie, mm-hmm. you know, that every one of these that we have before, we've had very different things before this, you know, um, Hooked on a Feeling, I think was one of them, um, you know, Come and Get Your Love, you know, like those types of songs are really fun, like 70s, you know, hits, right? But Creep is definitely like a deep cut of the 90s. Not a deep cut necessarily. Radiohead is a massive band. I don't know why I would say a deep cut. It's just, yeah. a, it's a great song. <laughs> it was a huge hit. But they don't do the regular version. They do the acoustic version of Creep, which is much more intimate and, you know, sad. And it definitely is a different tone because they because they chose the acoustic version. It's Tom York just like yelling out this, this anthem at it. And you know, Rocket's the one walking around with this and playing it around um, nowhere where where they live, mm-hmm. and you it sets the tone. It's saying that like he feels like he he identifies with the the character within that that story within that you know feeling like a weirdo. I don't belong here. Those are the themes of that song, and like it really sets you up for it. And then it goes from that to Crazy on You by Heart, you know, yep. which is like so dramatically different. And then we get right into a fight scene, and then. There's so many other great songs within this. Um, you know, we have yeah, there's such a range. You know, we have Faith No More, the Flaming Lips song comes on at one point. Yeah, you have um Alice Beastie Cooper Boys. comes in. The Beastie Boys come in. I mean, the Beastie Boys are getting a little worn out. They're, they've been in a lot of things. There's a trailer for the Marvels before this. Yeah. And there's a there's there's a Beastie Boys song in the trailer yeah. for that. But I think the usage of the song of the VC Boys usage was fantastic. It was good. It was good. Uh, you can get like the Mogwais and mm-hmm. Springsteen in this. You know, it's all of these things. It's a huge part of the movie and it makes it really welcoming and enjoyable. I mean, do we want to spoil just the song they play at the end? I think we can. Yeah, let's just spoil it. I mean, it's not a big deal. Uh, and it's already all over the Internet anyway. So you'll yeah. find out. Uh, they, they started playing and I, I, I was really amazed by this. Um the the last song they play is Florence and the Machine. The uh, dog days are over, and it it's such a jam, and it it's unexpected because it's it's not the most popular song. It's one of those songs you might have forgotten about from, and that's one of the things they try to do with this. I think a lot of these songs are songs you might have forgotten about, mm-hmm. and they want to bring them back. And it is song you might have forgotten about from you know about twenty years ago now, um, not twenty years ago. It's only fifteen years, but even still, like that's it's a huge hit and really captures that spirit at the end, like being like, that's it. We're, we're over. We're done with this. And it, it really does crush it. And it, it captures the mood that we're in because it's, it's and they like use the entire song. song. Yeah. It's an, it's not a, it's not a clip. It's not a, a, a part of it. It's the entire song. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too because like it's it's such a fun song and um like it it, it captures that moment really really well um because you know we're we're at the end of this movie and we know that we know at this point that uh they're going their separate ways because that's 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 what it that's what the we all knew it was coming from the end of this and so we're spoiling mm-hmm. that a little bit but um that's kind of what it's about. It's just saying like, you know, we gotta, we gotta go and we're all going to go. And they, they, it, it captures it in this really fun spirited thing that I think really does just bring you through and bring you into the end of this movie in, in a, in a gentle way. I think one that is really fun and ends it off in a really uh, exciting way because it is a sad moment. The end of these characters being a family together 
you know, I think really does encapsulate within that song. And the soundtrack, use of soundtrack is really, really important for that aspect. Agreed. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I was also the, the, <laughs> I was um a little shocked because the, the way the song is played, is, I don't know if you remember, it's like 80s, 90s. I made this for you. And it's like the decades of songs. Yeah. Um, And I, I really thought Dark Days Are Over was like 2013, 2014. <laughs> and it's 2000. I'm like, oh, I'm old. This song came out in 2009. What? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, I, I remember when this came out. I, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Florence and the Machine. I, I really like them. Uh, I think they're, I don't know, they're just, there's something about them. They're, they're really good. So I, I love this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, it definitely made that, me feel a little older, though. Yeah. And I think cho choosing that song, like you said, it, it's just fantastic and it means so much and it tells you that it's over. Like this, these, these guardians as we know them. And James Gunn, obviously, because we know he's in DC now, um, the, it's it's over. And I think it, it was really, really just a great and unexpected and great choice to finish the movie on. And so with with that, you know, we, we come to the end of this journey with these characters. They're they're splitting up. We know this. Um, what what do you think the future holds for them? Are we going to see them again, all of them or some of them or? You know what's going to happen? Do you think? Um, I I mean it's it's Marvel. Uh, um, I think they might want to use these characters. Um, as of now, from what the actors have said, um, I think all of them have said that they're done with these characters. The one that has left it maybe open is Chris Pratt to keep going on with Star Lord, but everybody else has said. We're done. We're happy. I think a lot of it has to do with James Gunn because in the premiere of the movie, I saw that actually most of them, if not all, said, hey, I'll go wherever James Gunn is. So if he wants me at DC, I'll be at DC. So it'll be very interesting what happens. Uh, but I think they're done. I think they are done, or at least these versions. I wouldn't be surprised if Marvel recasts some of these. Um, maybe if they want to take that risk, call it a risk. Um but I'm happy with what they gave us. I'm happy with the actors as of now saying that they're done and that this was a great journey and that they're over with these characters. And I think it ended where it needed to. I think we're going to get Chris Pratt again. Star-Lord's coming back because it says in the in the stinger that he's going to be back. They said the legendary Star-Lord will return. So I guess we might get him back eventually. Who knows? I mean, they said the same thing with like Thor in the end of Thor. And apparently what I heard is uh, Chris Hemsworth yeah. was like, wait, am I really coming back? I didn't hear anything about this. This is the first time hearing about it. So you know, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, like I I don't I don't know. I, I think just the one. I don't think they'll recast. That wouldn't be happening. I think they have to do a lot of bench clearing. There's a lot of characters still to come. You know, we have so many movies that are already written out and we don't know mm. about and all this. And then plus we have X-Men coming eventually. So like we mm. we can get rid of these characters and be fine. You know, X-Men has an entire intergalactic uh, bench as well. You know, they've got people from all across the galaxy, you know, so we don't have to worry about, you know, all of that. So I think we can pretty much be done with this in these characters. And I'd be OK with that. You know, I know Batista really wanted to to stop doing this character. Um, Zoe Saldana just wants to be out of franchises, I feel like now. She's still, she got, she's made, still making she's, those she's Avatar films. And like, yeah, she's ugh. making those Avatar films. She's making the Avatar money. She'll be rich forever because of Marvel and Avatar. 
she doesn't need she's to what, play another alien. She's going to be the highest grossing actor of all time after these Avatar movies are done. Like, there's no doubt. Like, yep. So she's 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 done. She needs to be done. And everybody, like, I think it's 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 time. It's time. And especially with Gun Gone, like, I think that'll be a big thing. Um, agreed. With with these characters being gone and everything, we did also get our box office return from the weekend. You know, this, it was great. We had a good move. We had a good movie, you know, it was fun. I got, I had a good time. We made $118 million, um, which is more than the 106 that Ant-Man made, but it was less than black Panther, Thor and Dr. Strange is, is this from people being anxious or are we in fatigue? What's, what's the deal with this? I think it's fatigue. Um, but I think it's bad fatigue. I think Marvel has given us bad movies. I've been very vocal about that. Um, and I think people we've recorded very, what six episodes on that in this right, podcast. Exactly. So, yeah. so I think people are very hesitant um to put their bucks in the theater, especially you add to that that now movies come stream into streaming what a month later, maybe even less. Uh, but I think people are very hesitant. This movie made less than those movies worldwide. It made less than the second one. Um, so I do think there is some fatigue to bad superhero movies, even though this movie is finally good. I will dare I would dare say it's the best movie since Endgame. Finally, we have that movie. Um, but yeah, I just think people are are tired. People are disappointed in Marvel. Um, and they just didn't want to put up the big bucks for it. I think I think you're onto something there. I think it's I think it's the the fatigue of how bad they are. We don't want to be disappointed again. We've been we've been burned what four times now? We thought Thor was gonna be really fun. This looks really fun. We're gonna have a good time. It was bad. They were talking up that Doctor Strange is gonna be what's good. We're back, guys. We're back with Doctor Strange, and that was bad. And then Black Panther Wakanda Forever was disappointing and then well, and if you want to go even further even backward eternals oh my god you, 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 <laughs> that freaking garbage dump. eternals um black panther was very divisive for a lot of people yeah although we you know things happen in that movie we know but you know it was still very divisive spider-man was okay so we, what are we talking about? We, we can't talk about spider-man being okay we both freaked out when Spider-Man came out. We can't say it was okay. Oh, we for, freaked out and I, had a oh, really I, good time. I did. I did when they came out. I've seen it, but I always, I always say, I've seen it after, and I say, if you take out the other two, we're a few years behind, so now we can, we can say it. If you take out Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, that takes, that brings the movie way down. But the problem me. is, but that's an, well, that's a retro review in five years. <laughs> well, the, the other thing is, they're in the movie, so you can't take them out. Because they're, they're part of that movie. So it, you're that's right. a retro review. It, it's I a think different the, movie. I think the love for that movie is a lot of nostalgia rather than the quality of the film. No, I don't care. It's still fun. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I think you're right, though. There is that fatigue about like the, the anxiousness of them being terrible and you don't want to get burned mm -hmm. again. But I think the big thing that we're going to find out with this movie is next weekend. This upcoming weekend, what's the, the box office look like? How, how much does it drop off? Because the... People love it. People love this movie. It's the highest reviewed one since Endgame. Mm -hmm. And it's it's something that people are really, really excited about. You know, it's people are having fun. They're talking about it. Everybody that's seen it has been like, oh wow, this is great. You know, and I, I don't I don't see that 
going away necessarily like right away so we have to see what the drop off is going to be yeah especially because this weekend nothing is coming out nothing of note is it has out. 95 audience score on ryan tomatoes which is That's, a great score yeah and and really this weekend there's nothing there's nothing that people are going to be going to this weekend where next weekend you know next weekend fast x comes out which is going to be a big movie, you know, for sure. Yeah. We'll be talking about that, but like, you know, that movie comes out then. And, you know, in, in, in the end of the month, the little mermaid people will go see that. I'm assuming that's, I will not be billion dollars. I will not be seeing that movie, but people will be seeing that movie. Mm -hmm. It has the same, the guardians three has the same cinema score from audiences as the first two with an a. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I think you. it's, I think it's this weekend. That we'll we'll see if it's going to be considered a quote unquote success. Yeah, the say. legs are going to be important to see. It's going to be interesting. The legs on this movie, um, the reception of people. Um, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I am with you on that. I think the other important factor with this movie is that it came out today or this past weekend, and the next one is a long ways away. The next one comes out. The Marvels is coming out in November. That is a long ways out. That is a big breather. Do you think it's a the audience like needs this kind of breather and it's a Absolutely. big gap that we we definitely need? Absolutely. I think so cuz even if you're like me that has been very critical of Marvel lately, I think putting time between movies allows me to forget the bad reception of the others and in a weird way kind of gets me excited. Oh, another Marvel movie's dropping. Perfect. Whereas it's not the same thing if I get a Marvel movie every three months. Yeah. Especially if they're all bad. So I think the break is well-deserved. I think it gives us a breather and I think it allows us to kind of forget and maybe recharge. Okay, I'll go see this movie. Having said that, I'm not excited for the Marvels, but that's another conversation. But I think the, the, the breather is... I don't think the breather hurts. Do you think it it could probably help them actually catch up with the VFX because the VFX have looked terrible recently? This didn't look bad. I thought this it looked good. Not, this looked great. Even the even the flesh planet looked fine. Yeah, it was so it was so kitschy and just like it worked within what they were doing because it's not in the volume as well. They built a set, yep. um, and it worked. It just worked. There was something about it that that just worked somehow. It did. I'm I'm with you. This is the f finally decent effects. Yeah, and I think I think the breather will be nice. This is the longest gap we've had in the past uh, few years. You know, before this we had uh, Ant Man that came out in February, Black Panther in November, in July we had Thor. May was Doctor Strange, and then before that was December. So mm. we kind of got a so we did have a bigger break there. But this is this is certainly a significant break that we're going to get before the next. This week is comes probably out. I think the biggest break in a while. Yeah. It's in, it's the biggest break in two years. Uh, I think it'll go. be a good breath for them and something that hopefully fans can. And I don't think there's going to be like six Marvel series that come out in between. I think there's one. I think we have Secret Invasion is coming out. Yes. In the and, summer, the, the Samuel L. Jackson one. Yeah. But I think that's it. There's no other like series that are coming out. So I think Loki not a huge, season two. Maybe. 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 We'll it's see a what big happens. Maybe around that. that. We're yes. going to see what happens. It's not dated, so it's a big maybe because yeah. of other issues that we don't need to get into today. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely like, and that's a big maybe. It's a big shadow over uh, <laughs> over the entire next phase of the MCU. That is it. Yeah, just 
recast. That's another episode. That's another episode. <laughs> That's but another I episode. Think, I think this breather will be good for them. I think it'll be good for them. Agreed. Who knows? Who I, knows? I really agree. I have one question for you. Yeah. And it goes back to Gunn. Okay. Um, Gunn is now spearheading DC. Yep. He is literally leading DC. Um, DC ends the the DCEU as we know it ends this year with Flash and Aquaman, and then we get Guns DC. Um, having seen Guardians three, having seen what Gun did with this trilogy, um, it's maybe two questions in one. Do you think that this is a big loss for Marvel, and are you hopeful? Um, as somebody who's more water uh, nicer to um, DC than I am, um, what do you expect of Gunn in DC? I'm excited. I think he's going to be fantastic. He's the thing I, I appreciate about him is he is a huge comic book fan, and not just a comic book fan in like the fact that he's read comic books. Like a lot of them are like, "Oh, I love comic books. I read them when I was a kid." Now he really dives in and understands them in a different level. And I think he can take this and do things that other filmmakers weren't able to do. I don't think that Snyder had the ability to to make the movies in this way. I, you know, Snyder's vision was one thing that was like, let's make it a little bit more grittier in all of this stuff. But like what he did is he he also abandoned some of the story elements within this. And I think that gun is going to tap into the weirder stories. He's going to tap into what makes these heroes interesting. You know, they tried to make Superman interesting and they never did. And that's one of the biggest struggles with Superman movies. And I think he's going to be able to crack it. I think he's shown us time and time again, that he, he has visions for these characters. He has different things. And especially as a writer and creator from, you know, with guardians, you know, it's such a weird group of characters to make us care about them. I think he's going to help us care much more about Superman in a way that we haven't in, you know, 30 years or so. And I think I'm really excited about him. I think he's got, he'll have a vision for the future and they have a vision for the future. He, he's charted out everything already and has these things that has standalone things that understands exactly what what people like about DC understands what people like about comic book movies in a way that maybe Feige doesn't understand, you know, Feige might not have the same vision that, gun has you know and the beginning of something is a little bit easier than to keep it going for a while so mm -hmm. i have a lot of hope for him in, in in the short term especially um i really do have a lot of hope for him so we'll see what ends up happening down down the pike i think it's a loss for marvel i really do um but you know they're not going to find any shortage of people who they can hire to to make whatever they want but i i do think that it's a really exciting time for dc and dc got a real steal here and they're they're going to take this and and run with it. And I think they have a good person at the head, a person with comic book vision mm -hmm. to, to make this not, not a person with movie making vision, uh, which I think, you know, love him or hate him. Zack Snyder did have a style within his movies, mm -hmm. but it didn't really work out in the end. It didn't get updated to today. And I think that, you know, Don is going to be able to take this and spearhead it through. And I think it's going to be really successful. Agreed. I'm with you. I you said everything I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Gun does in DC. Hopefully, it's good. Mm. What if What if the coins flip? What if DC now will own the next decade and Marvel could. um falls to the sidelines? It could. That's the crazy thing. I mean, the only thing that Marvel has going for it is the fact that 
the character it's it's built in all this relationship and it's built in these it has good characters it still has the x-men to come you know people love x-men it has the x-men to come eventually which is a big it's a big thing and people are going to love those characters no matter what but dc still has the most popular characters you know batman batman's still the more, more popular character I mean, the only the, the biggest characters in the world for all comic books no matter what you can make you can make arguments for different people but Really, the three biggest characters in all of comic books are Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man. Those are the yep. three biggest characters. Agreed. None of them are owned by Disney. So that's that's a big deal. Like, that's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, I'm glad that Iron Man had his time in the light, but he's not a big character. He's not that popular. He's only popular because Robert Downey Jr. made him popular. But and MCU really, made him popular, yeah. Yeah. The, the Beyond that, they're... Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man. Those are the three They're biggest not, characters. They a lot of sure. the uh, I, and I'm with you, and I think a lot of Mar- um, Marvel Kool-Aid drinkers get mad, but these are not roll of your tongue superhero conversations in every day. It's Superman, it's Spider-Man, it's Batman. It's not yeah. Thor, Iron Man, um, Guardians, stuff like that. So I'm with yeah, you th- those 100%. aren't the main characters. But what I what I do appreciate too, and the other thing that I bring it all back together is the fact that James Gunn. And why I think he's going to be so successful is because he's able to take a characters like the Guardians, who are the least known of all of the different movies that we've had, minus, I would say, the Eternals and Shang-Chi, which are newer ones, of all the other ones, even like Doctor Strange and Ant-Man, all of these different characters. Guardians is still the most obscure of, out of all of these different mm-hmm. characters, and he made them one of the most popular. And I think that's what he's going to be able to take that energy and put it right into the DC universe i think that's what he's going to be able to do and i think he's also going to trust filmmakers to make the films they want to make outside of it you know those other movies like the the matt reeves batman and the Mm. joker by todd field like they're going to he's going to let them make those movies and they're going to make them and it's going to be and i think that's an important thing that marvel's not doing they're not making other side stories and i think gun is going to be a really good head of this along with his partner too i don't want to i don't want to shut yeah, him out course. but you know yeah, i yeah. think it's going to be really really successful we'll see we'll see what happens it'll be a few interesting years to come yeah we will see what happens with that we'll see what happens with our podcast over the next few weeks i mean i don't know what we're talking about next week but <laughs> who knows because i'm not watching anything this weekend and uh there's nothing coming out this weekend i know there's nothing uh you know what's actually coming out Maybe we'll talk about this next week. Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix just dropped. So maybe we'll do some uh, Schwarzenegger rankings. Thoughts on that? Sure. The governator. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, but beyond that, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it from our end. Uh, You guys just worry about it on your end. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week.